Welcome to the Movement Podcast with Pastor Joshua Lockett and Triad Christian Center. We're glad you're joining us today as we continue our boot camp series. Are you ready to fight? Let's tune in. Lord, you can open doors that no man can open. You can close doors. You can close doors that no man can open. You can open doors that no man can shut. And Lord, we just thank you even now for favor. And Lord, we just declare even tonight victory, manifestation of victory, Lord, in every area of our life, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, tonight release a spirit of wisdom, revelation. May the eye of every heart be flooded with light tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody say amen if you're watching. Shout amen. Come on, just chat. Amen. Amen. Uh, thank you for joining us on tonight uh, for uh, this 5 p.m. service. I want you to go really quickly to the book of Esther, chapter 3, if verse 1. Esther is a very unique story. Um, I'll just catch you up a little bit, give you some background. Uh, there was a situation going on in uh, a certain empire or a certain um, uh, government, and the ruler was King Xerxes. And um, the Israelites for years had been under kings. Uh, you had King Solomon. You had King David. You had uh, King uh, Rehoboam. You had King Jer- you had King uh, Hezekiah. You had different kings that ruled, uh, and they were ruling. And then the Israel and Judah eventually split up into two. And you had uh, kings in Judah. Then you had kings in Israel. And, it, and, you know, God was still moving, but the morality of this nation, which was once Israel, still were, but they were divided, um, begin to crumble. Their morality began to crumble. Um, and there was a prophet named Jeremiah who began to prophesy to them. And he began to tell them in so many words that if you don't repent, then destruction is coming. And that's the power of a prophet is that the prophet is not a gloom and doom person. He's just he's just or she is there to warn you of and our consequences, you and our consequences. And so he kept on, kept on, kept on warning them. And eventually Babylon came in and took them over. And then eventually what began to happen is you begin to see the people of God under the rulership of secular kings, quote unquote, or people that did not know the God Jehovah. And so, you know, King Nebuchadnezzar, you remember him? He was a secular king. He was not a king in the Jewish lineage. And so now you have them. They eventually get to the place where they are under uh, a king named Xerxes. In a KJV, it may give another name, but in the New Living Translation, is Xerxes. And there is a woman who is a Jew because they've been, in a sense, brought under um, uh, other captivity, into captivity, and they are under the control of this ruler. And they're different, what you call provinces, and um, there are a group of Jews there. And in the group of Jews, you have a woman named Esther. Esther, she's there. She is a Jewish woman. And um, 
Xerxes has a wife, and I'll just go back and forth till I make the story mesh together. But Xerxes has a wife, and his wife is called one night into a meeting. And Xerxes wants to see his wife, and his wife refuses to come. And so Xerxes get, gets mad, and he gets angry, and he says, you know what? I ain't going to let this woman play me like this. I'm a man. No, that's not how it really went. But basically, that is kind of how it went. And Xerxes consulted with his counsel um, because his wife had refused to come and show herself um, to the people that he wanted him wanted her to sh wanted him to wanted her to show him show herself to. And so, what ended up happening was uh, they said, you know, basically do away with her. And so, eventually, she gets done away with, and uh, Esther. And all these other women come into uh, a process of being nurtured and being cared for and being treated uh, by, by just different servicemen in that kingdom. And they're being prepared. And so basically, um, if, if they had favor, they, they were able to make it past uh, that, that, that line of defense or that, that line. They were able to move to the next level. And so it was almost like a pageant. And so you got all these women together all different types of women, and in that group of women, Esther was called. She was, she was beautiful. She was beautiful. And she had an uh, opportunity with the king one night, and the king liked her so much um, that, she, that, he, that the king brought her into a place where she eventually becomes queen. And so basically Esther was promoted through her beauty, and we're going to see tonight in this, in this story that God took something natural and caused it to have supernatural impact. Her beauty was natural, but it brought a supernatural impact, and you're going to see this tonight. So Esther rises up through the ranks, and she becomes the queen. Okay, so Esther, chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Sometime later, King Xerxes promoted Haman, son of Hamathah, Hamathah <laughs> the Agagite over all the other nobles, making him the most powerful official in the empire. All the king's officials would bow down before Haman to show him respect whenever he passed by, for so the king had commanded. But Mordecai refused to bow down or show him respect. Then the palace officials at the king's gate asked Mordecai, why are you disobeying the king's command? They spoke to him day after day, but still he refused to comply with the order. So they spoke to Haman about this to see if he would tolerate Mordecai's conduct, since Mordecai had told him, told them he was a Jew. When Haman saw that Mordecai would not bow down or show him respect, he was filled with rage. He had learned of Mordecai's nationality, or you could say of his race. He learned of his race. He learned of his nationality. So he decided it was not enough to lay hands on Mordecai alone. Instead, he looked for a way to destroy all the Jews throughout the entire empire. That's probably a better word to use than kingdom, but throughout the entire empire of Xerxes. So because of this one man's mishap, Haman says, I'm going to take it out on your whole race. And so what you see, in a sense, is a form of racist, racism. You see a form of racial oppression even during this time on God's people, okay? So let's go over to Esther chapter 4, 
verse 15, and we'll continue reading. It says right here, Then Esther sent this reply to to Mordecai, Go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go in to see the king. If I must die, I must die. So Mordecai went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. In Esther chapter 5, verse 1, it says, On the third day of the fast, Esther put on her royal robes and entered the inner court of the palace just across from the king's hall. The king was sitting on his royal throne facing the entrance. When he saw Queen Esther standing there in the inner court, he welcomed her and held out the gold scepter to her. So Esther approached, which means he permitted her to come in. So Esther approached and touched the end of the scepter. That's why it's so important that when, I believe even in Hebrews, when it says, let us come boldly into the presence of God, understand how radical that is. We're talking about a king's presence. And he has his scepter held out to us because of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. We can come into the presence of God. Jesus has made a way for us to enter the real king's presence. Can you give a shout of praise for that? And it says, then the king asked her, what do you want? Isn't that a good question? He said, what do you want? What is your request? I will give it to you, even if it is half the kingdom. And Esther replied, if it please the king, let the king and Haman come today to a banquet I have prepared for the king. So what you're beginning to see here is in verse 8, it says this. If I have found favor with the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my requests and do what I ask, please come with Haman tomorrow to the banquet I will prepare for you. I'll stop right there. Here's the point. Esther receives favor. Come on, say favor. Shout out favor on YouTube. Favor, favor, favor. Another word for favor can be grace. She receives favor. They say favor is not fair. Can I suggest it's not always fair? Amen. There are some things that you can do with favor that people would never be able to get away with without it. Favor is a game changer. Come on, just say that with me. Favor is a game changer. Now, Esther was just showing up in the king's presence, and she was just coming up in there. She didn't know. She had, she had settled in her mind, if I die, I'll die, because you didn't just come into a king's presence in that day and time. You could be killed if you showed up in his presence the wrong way. That's why I believe we need the blood of Jesus when we enter in, because you can't show up through your own righteousness. We can't show up through our own works. We've got to show up through the work of the cross. Can I get an amen? And tonight we're going to be remembering the death of Jesus Christ. But she shows up and she experiences the favor of a king. She experiences the favor of a king. She's fighting for justice. She's fighting for her people. She's fighting for her situation. She's fighting for, in a sense, her family. She's fighting for the well-being of her people. And God gives her favor in the middle of her fighting. God gives her favor in the fight. Can I just tell you this? One of the major weapons in warfare is the favor of God. It's the favor that God gives you. The Bible says that Jesus grew in favor with men, which you can have favor with men, and he also grew in favor with God. Favor is a game changer. 
Favor is something that will allow you to take a test five times when, it, when you should only be taking it one time. They give you five times to take the same <laughs> test, and they allow you, and it gives you a chance to pass. Favor is not always fair. Favor allows you to slip through a crack that nobody else can slip through. Come on now. Favor allows you to get into a, and get into a space with people and connections that every, everybody else who had the same degree, that had the same level of education, can't even connect with. Why? Because favor allows you to go above and beyond. It makes you super. It puts the super in your life. Come on, somebody just shout out favor. Say favor. And so Esther here is in a position and in a place that she received favor. She was in a fight justice. She was in a fight for the well-being of her people, but she received favor. And tonight we're talking about favor fights, because I believe if favor goes before you, there's some things you won't even have to touch. There's some things you won't even have to mess with, because God's favor is going to make a way for you. I'm not saying there won't be struggles at times. I'm not saying there won't be issues at times, but we see here in Esther's life that her favor that she had with the king opened up a door for her. It gave her access to something. So we're going to see that tonight. In the book of, uh, in the book of James chapter 4, verse 6, because we're going to talk about, first of all, the benefits of favor. In the, in the book of James chapter 4, verse 6, it tells us something. Uh, uh, James is talking, and he's telling the people, uh, he's giving people different points about prayer, then he says, don't be a, he says, don't be an adulterer. He says, don't be a friend of the world because a friend of the world makes you an enemy of God. He says, and then he goes on to verse six and he says this, and he gives grace, which is a favor, generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace or favor to the humble. Now, one of the things that Esther was doing when she walked in that favor from the king, was she was on a three-day fast. Can I get a hallelujah for those who believe in fasting? She was on a three-day fast. Well, what's the power of fasting? Fasting can humble you. Fasting has the potential to humble a person. Psalms 35, verse 12, I believe it is, it says that you, I humbled or I denied myself by fasting. And that's one of the benefits, I believe, of fasting is that it will release a greater manifestation of God's favor in your life. But we see here in James 4, it says, uh, verse 6, it says, he gives grace to the humble. And then he says in verse 7, so humble yourselves before God, resist the devil. Come on, we're talking about fighting tonight. Resist the devil. So after humility goes forth, grace comes, and now we are able to resist the devil. Grace empowers you, favor empowers you to be able to resist the enemy. If there are some bombardments that you are facing right now from the enemy in your mind, I want to encourage you to humble yourself because I believe strong people are humble people. And so we see here that it says humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you, come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, <laughs> not with antibacteria soap, but wash your hands. It says, clean your hands, it's, you sinners, purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. It says, let there be tears for what you've done. I believe James here is trying to get them to understand that you got to move into repentance. I believe he's trying to say that this favor that we're talking about through humility 
comes through repentance. Can I encourage you to make this a habit in your life? If you want to be a powerful warrior, make sure that you're like David, that when you mess up, you fess up. I believe what made David such a powerful warrior is that he knew how to confess his faults. He knew how to humble himself. He knew how to he, he knew how to say, Lord, it's me. And it takes humility and it takes even an attitude of repentance to cause that to happen. I believe that God loves he desires for us to repent. And, is, and repentance is not a cuss word because when you repent, I believe you are humbling yourself, which positions you for grace. Think about it. Salvation, it comes when we repent. That's grace. That's favor. When we turn away from our sins, that's the big picture of it. But even on an everyday basis, I believe as we continuously repent, which means to change our mind, God is able to release more and more favor. So here goes benefit. Here goes benefit, the four benefits of favor. You're going to get resistance, resistance, resistance power. You're going to get power to resist the enemy. Paul said your grace is sufficient. Your power works best in weakness. Number two, here we go. The other uh, benefits of favor is that I believe you get your requests get granted. When you when God gives you favor or when you please God, there are prayers that I believe that are answered. In Esther chapter five, verse uh, eight, it talks about it, um, you can read that scripture later on. First John chapter five, verse 13 through 14 says, if we pray prayers that please him, that please him, that please him, then we know that he hears us. And if he hears us, then he will meet us in our requests. Moses in Exodus 33, verse 13 said, God, if I have found favor in your sight, then show me your ways. I believe there are some requests that are granted when we walk in favor. Esther had favor with the king, which allowed her to make her requests known to the king. Number three, I believe that favor will reverse the plans of the enemy. Favor will reverse the plans of the enemy. So number one, it gives you resistance power against the enemy. Okay. Number two, it, it, it allows for request, prayer requests to be granted. Number three, it reverses the plans of the enemy. Man, this is so good right here. It reverses the plans of the enemy. In other words, I like to say it like this. It causes the enemy's plans to backfire. Isn't that good? It causes the enemy's plans to backfire. You know, Haman wanted to wipe out the Jewish, the Jewish world. He also wanted to impale or kill Mordecai, which was a cousin of Esther. He wanted to kill him. But what you'll find out in Scripture is that God actually reversed the tides. And that the same pole that Haman set up to kill Mordecai, which was a cousin of Esther, God took that same pole Haman died on. So the plan that he set up for Mordecai got turned on him because God can reverse the plans of the enemy. And I, that gives me faith to know this, that whatever the enemy's trying on him, that God can reverse it and put it back on him. 
whatever curse. The Bible says that he will curse those who curse you. In other words, he'll, he'll cause it to backfire on them. He'll, he'll, he'll reverse the plans and the intentions. And that's why, I, you know, when I get into in all these conversations that are going on now, I know this, that if God be for me, we were just singing it before, earlier, earlier in, the, in the service. He says, if our God is for us, then who can be against us? It's a dangerous thing to mess with someone who has favor on their life. Can I say it again? It's a dangerous thing to mess with somebody who has favor on their life. Can I say it one more time? It is a dangerous thing to mess with someone who has favor on their life. Come on now. It's a dangerous thing to mess with someone who has God fighting on their behalf. Because can I suggest this? When you mess with God's kids, you're going to mess with him. Can I get an amen? You tell me what parent will let somebody mess with their kids and they just get away with it. If not for God's mercy, we would be consumed. But let me say this to you. God's favor fight, and it reverses the plans of the enemy. Man, Judas was going after Jesus to betray him, and guess what ends up happening to Judas? He ends up hanging himself. Wow. And we even see the devil himself. He goes after Jesus through Judas, and what ends up happening to the devil? One of, the, one of his worst moves in history was to put Jesus on the cross. His, one of his worst moves was to put Jesus on the cross because the cross backfired on him. Because favor, I believe, will cause the enemy's plans to backfire. Go with me to Esther chapter 9, verse 25. So Esther is dealing with a man who wants to wipe out that their people. He wants, to, he, wants to, he wants to hurt her race. He wants to take away her race's well-being. And God begins to cause his plans to backfire. God causes his plans to backfire. So look at this in Esther chapter 9, verse 25. Esther chapter 9, verse 25. Just going to put in the chat box, say backfire, backfire. Come on, it's backfiring. Whatever the enemy tried is backfiring. Come on. If my daddy say, tell you, if you see my enemy, tell him what he tried on me didn't work. Come on now. Say it backfired. It backfired. I'm going to add on, say it backfired. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says in Esther chapter 9, verse 25, but when Esther came before the king, he issued a decree causing Haman's evil plot to backfire. It backfired. It literally says backfire, and Haman and his sons were impelled on a sharpened pole. Haman and his sons were sharp, were impelled on a sharpened pole. The same pole that was designed to kill Mordecai actually killed Haman. God has a way of reversing the plans of the enemy. Look at Psalms chapter 7. Psalms chapter 7, verse 16. Go with me, Psalms chapter 7, verse 16. It says, the trouble they make for others backfires on them. The trouble they make for others back. I'm giving you scripture. The trouble they make for others backfires on them. The violence they plan falls on their own heads. That's what it says in Psalm 7, verse 16. So listen, that's why, let me tell you this, I, you know, I try not to be a preacher and a teacher that honors and worships your haters more than the God of all creation. Can I get an amen? 
Because I believe this, that if God is for you, he can cause the trouble that's being planned by your haters to backfire on them. And it'd be best that they go on and stop right now, because if not, they'll find themselves in a predicament where they're dealing with God. They're dealing with God himself. The Bible says, vengeance is mine. It says vengeance. Come on, I'm going to say it again. Vengeance. I know we're in an hour right now where we think vengeance is ours, but God says vengeance is mine. And I got a question. Who can bring greater vengeance, me or God? It's God. So we got to learn how to allow God to bring a reversal in our situation. I know it may look grim. I know it may look dark. I know it may look terrible, but God has a way of reversing the ties. He has a way of reversing the ties. It got so it got so intense that that Mordecai literally got the ring that belonged to Haman. Come on now. It, it was almost like Mordecai was taking the place of Haman. And maybe some of you are battling on your job right now. And there's been some injustice done to you. There's been some things done to you that have caused you to think a certain way about yourself and about other people. And it's caused you to kind of want to fight them Maybe not in the right way, but in the wrong way. But can I just remind you of this story? And I'm not going through this in detail. I encourage you to go back and read all through the chapters in Esther. But I believe that God can take what they're doing to, to you and he can flip it back on their heads. And not only that, he can take the position they have and he gives it to you. Because in more in the story, he gave the position of Haman to Mordecai. But I believe we have to let God fight our battles. He said, the script, the song says, if our God before us, then who can be? against us. He says, our God is greater. And I just want to declare tonight that God is greater than whatever obstacle and opposition you're facing right now. If God could turn it back then, he can turn it right now. I can go through another scripture where in the Hebrew boys, the Bible talks about how they were thrown into the fiery furnace. And the Bible says that the men who were throwing them in the fiery furnace, they themselves were burnt up. In other words, it backfired. Y'all ain't talking to me. It backfired. They threw them in the furnace and the fire that they were throwing them into burned them up. I believe that God can turn the tides. And we see here in the book of Esther that God begins to turn the tide. That's why I can rest easy. That's why I can be at peace. That's why, yes, you walk in wisdom, but I'm not going to walk in the spirit of fear. I'm still going to go outside. I'm still going to go and buy groceries. I'm still going to go to the gas station. I'm still going to drive on the road. I'm still going to do all this because if people come my way, if it's not my time, it can, it's going to turn on my favor, and then only only even worse for them, it's going to backfire for them possibly. I'm not worried about to my left or to my right or in front of me or behind me because if God is for me, who can be against me? I'm declaring tonight that the spirit of fear is breaking up off of you. Come on now. If corona comes after you the wrong way, it'll be backfired on corona. Come on now. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Here goes the last point, number four. God reverses it, but then God offers revenge through his favor. Revenge. Bible already said it. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. In Isaiah chapter 61, verse 2, it tells us something. It says, he has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor. Come on, ring it out loud. The time of the Lord's favor has come. Man, I'm telling you, favor is a, is a game changer. 
The time of the Lord's favor has come, and with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies, your enemies. What enemy are you facing financially in your family? Come on, what enemy are you facing in your health? It says that when the day of God's, that the day of God's anger comes against their enemies. It's good to know that with God's favor comes his anger against your enemies. God will release vengeance on your enemies through his favor. And that's what Esther found. I believe she found favor, yes, with the king, but I believe also she found favor with God. She found breakthrough favor with God. God allowed the king to have favor with her. And I believe that that's what happened in her life. It doesn't say it specifically in Scripture, but it says that he gave her favor. He, she said, if I found favor. So I was just, she had favor that brought her breakthrough. Jesus grew in favor with men and with God. Favor is a game changer. Ladies and gentlemen, favor is a game changer. In Psalms chapter 87, actually Psalms chapter 86, verse 17, I actually have that Scripture right there on your outline. It tells us something, and I want to read this to you. It says in Verse 17, send me a sign of your favor. Then those who hate me will be put to shame. For you, O Lord, help and comfort me. For you, O Lord, help and comfort me. Lord, send me a sign of your favor and put those to shame. See, can I tell you this? You don't have to play the shame game with others. You let God do the shame game. Come on now. You let God fight those who fight against you. Psalms 35 verse 1. You let God oppose those who oppose you. And, and, and so it is very important that we realize this, the benefits of favor. You have resistance power against the enemy, against temptation, against the works of the enemy, the wiles of the enemy. Number two, you have request power or your requests are granted. Number three, you have reversal power. The plans of the enemy are reversed. Number four, you have God to show revenge or to give revenge to your enemies. Some of you today, and I, and I really believe this, I, you know, one of the struggles sometimes as a believer is to seek the way that God actually operates. And it's very easy, even with all the tension. I was just looking at a Twitter video earlier, um, and, you know, Twitter, yeah, Twitter. Um, thank God for Twitter. Uh Pray for Twitter, but nevertheless, there was a Twitter video about this woman who was calling out this man for writing Black Lives Matter in front of her, in front of his house. And she's sitting there interrogating him. And man, you can watch that and get so angry and get so get so much vengeance in your heart towards a person. And I'm not don't 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 that is this doesn't mean don't go protest. But at the end of the day, can I tell you, racism is not going to be beat just by protest. It's going to be beat by the favor of God fighting for you. It's going to be beat by God going before you. You want your protest to be matched up with supernatural favor. Come on now. Esther didn't just go before the king by herself. She went before the king after a fast. Come on now. She wasn't just protesting her her plea for her people, her nationality, the Jewish people. She had favor, and she had a team of people that were fasting on her behalf so that when she went before the king, she got breakthrough. And so I want to just encourage you today. They may show more and more situations that are going on around our nation and and our 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 like temptation and also our tension is to make sure that we don't move over into fighting supernatural enemies in a natural way can i just say that again we got to make sure we're not fighting a supernatural problem 
in a natural way. This morning, I, you remember I talked about focusing on the influencer more than the influence. Paul said, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And I believe that when we knock it out in the spirit realm, it will manifest in the natural realm. So we see that the, the revenge will come, reversal will come, requests are answered, resistance comes to the enemy. How do we activate favor? Three ways we activate favor, I believe. Number one, as I've already mentioned, repentance. Repentance brings favor. I believe that's why God told them, if, you're, if my people who are called by my name will turn away from their wicked ways and seek my face. If you study scripture, the face carries the favor of God. It's also the presence of God. It says, make your face to smile. Smile upon me. Smile upon me. Where do you smile? You smile from your, your, stunt, your tummy? Do you smile from your hands? No, you smile with your face. And, and so what, what, what is God doing? That's, that could be, I was meant to say, a sign of favor that comes from his face. It says, seek his face. And then he will heal the land. Once you get his face, his presence, you will, he will begin to heal the land. And I believe that happens when we begin to repent. I believe it's so important that we don't ask the world to repent before we do. Because I want you to say, I want you to understand something. God said, if my people, not if the world will, if the church will get racism out, I believe that the, the world will see deliverance from racism. Can I get an amen? If we would ask God to heal our hearts and begin to work in our hearts and begin to call Sundays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays to look just like heaven, I believe we will see the world impacted. Jesus says, by this will they know that you are my disciples, by the love you show one to another. I believe if he Healing will just start in the church. I believe it will eke out into the world, and I believe it may take a level of repentance before we can see that type of healing, and that starts from the head down. That starts through leadership, but here we go. Number one, repentance. Say repentance. Repentance brings favor. James said, clean your hands, man. He said, clean your hands. I believe when our hands get clean, yes, we're saved by grace, and it's by grace that we're saved. But at the same time, the Bible says in 1 Peter, in the New Covenant, it says that the face of the Lord turns away from those who do evil. We have to walk in clean hands. We can't fight with dirty hands. Can I get an amen? We got to fight with clean hands. And I believe, not, you know, I believe in a sense, if, we're, if we just look at the picture of what's happening now, they ask everybody to wash their hands for at least 20 seconds. And I, and I would suggest that's a picture of what we should be doing. We should constantly be cleaning our hands in the spirit. We should constantly be saying, Lord, oh, that was the wrong TV show. Oh, that was the, oh, I shouldn't have seen that. Oh, Lord, forgive me. I repent. I believe that a repentant person is a powerful person. I believe even though David did his mess, he still had the grace to confess, and he still said yes to God, and that kept him winning war after war. I believe it kept him in a place where he should have been in fighting. Here goes number two. Here goes the other thing. We got we to gotta obey. We got to obey. Well, we repent, then we obey. James chapter 4, verse uh, 7 says to submit ourselves to God. Humble ourselves to God. Last week, we talked about one of the attributes of a soldier was that they were submitted. We have to obey to see God's favor activated and manifested in our lives. Number three, the other way, and this is kind of a different way, but the number three way is to give. Say giving. 
Giving, I believe, helps to activate favor. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8, in the Amplified Version, that all grace will abound towards you. Giving has a way, I believe, of activating favor. He said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Malachi chapter 3. I believe that there is a favor that comes. There's a blessing that comes that will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. The Bible says all grace abounding. So how can we do it? Three ways, I believe, repentance, obedience, and giving. I declare that in this hour, triad, that you are walking in the favor of the Lord, that God is doing the revenge, that God is releasing and answering requests, that God is reversing the plans of the enemy. He's causing a backfire to come, even for those who are plotting even the downfall of America potentially. I declare that his, their plans are being called out and exposed and it's backfiring on them. I declare that there's backfiring taking place right now, even on your jobs, even on your jobs where people are trying to, they're trying to undermine you. They're trying to stab you in the back. They're plotting your downfall on the job. I declare a backfire coming on your job. I declare it right now. I declare even in your family, maybe some attacks that have come. I declare that God will give them time to repent, but I declare that the favor of God is being released and that there is a rebuking. Come on now. There is a backfiring that is taking place. You don't mess with God's children. You don't mess with God's people. You don't mess with God's children. You don't mess with God's people. I want to tell you right now, you can read through scripture that God will whoop his kids, but then he will whoop those who whooped his kids. Y'all ain't talking to me. He will whoop his kids in scripture. He would do all kinds of stuff to them. But then somebody else, see, it's one thing for somebody, for you to whoop your kids. It's something for somebody else to put their hands on their, on your kids. You got an attitude for days. Don't you touch. I know they will act, but you don't touch my kids. And you see in scripture where God would take his kids to these different nations and they would start acting up and he would humble that nation that messed with his people. I declare right now that God is humbling those who are around you, those who are coming at you, those that are trying to pervert and hinder the plan that God has for your life whether it's sickness, the enemy of sickness, the enemy of depression, the enemy of fear, I declare that that spirit is being humbled, is being broken off of your life, that God is releasing a rescue mission in your homes. Even now, I declare the favor of God is being released. Come on, I dare you just to declare favor, favor, favor over every area of your life. Begin to declare favor, begin to declare favor. We don't just fight in the natural, but we fight supernaturally with favor. Favor fights for us, and even as Esther went before the king, she went before the king with favor, and it saved her group of people. It saved a whole race of people. Why? Because she began to walk in favor. Can I tell you this? Favor will go beyond your fist. It will go further than your fist can. And today, Lord, we ask you to favor your church. You already love us. You gave your son for us. But, Lord, we ask you that we will walk in your favor like never before. Your, your word says to work out our salvation. We've got to work it out. That means there's another level that we can experience of your favor. Lord, we thank you that by this we know that you favor us, that you don't let our enemies triumph over us, 
Psalms 41, verse 11. We thank you that your favor keeps us from being overtaken and defeated by the enemy. Jesus, even you, on three days later, you got up. What the enemy tried on you, it worked, but it didn't work forever. It worked temporarily. You got back up again. And, Lord, I just pray even now that people that are watching today, they may be bound by depression and discouragement, but they're getting back up again. I declare if you have discouragement in your heart, you're getting back up again. Your praise is getting back up again. Your worship time with God is getting back up again. That God's grace is sufficient. That his power works best in weakness. His favor works best in your weakness. That there's a release of favor right now over your mind and your heart. It's unraveling off of you because of the favor. The plot of Haman is being destroyed. The plot of depression is being destroyed. The plot of rejection is being destroyed. The plot of suicide is being destroyed. Whatever's trying to take you out of your purpose, I declare is being destroyed. And favor is being released. Favor is being released. The manifestation of the grace of God is being released. And I declare freedom, 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 freedom in the name of Jesus. Come on, just declare freedom on this YouTube chat. Declare freedom. Declare breakthrough. Declare favor in your finances. I declare it is so in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, everybody say amen and give a loud shout of praise to the Lord. If you believe that he's releasing favor, a manifestation of favor on your life. Come on, give a shout of praise right there in your homes. Give a shout of praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo! Yes. Yes. God has favored us here at Triad. God favored my father. God has favored this ministry. He has blessed it. And can I suggest to you that when the enemy will want to take us out, he couldn't take us out because we got favor. Can I get an amen? So give a shout of praise for the Lord's favor on tonight. Amen. Amen. Well, at this time, we're going to get ready amen, to take communion. But before we do, if you're watching tonight, I was talking about that favor. That supernatural favor cannot come in fullness over your life until you've made Jesus your ruler and your master. That means you're following him. So tonight, if you're watching and you have not started to follow Jesus, this is a great night to start following Jesus. A great night to start following Jesus. When I count to three at that shoe, I want you just to slip your hand up wherever you are. And we're going to pray this prayer with you. One, two, three. If that's you to slip your hand up, I know I can't see you. And I know no one else can see you. But right there, God can see you. And if that's you, just slip your hand up and just pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I commit to you. I give my heart to you. I give my mind to you. I choose to serve you. And I ask you for that supernatural favor, the grace that washes away sins, Tonight, I ask for grace that saves me. I believe, Jesus, that you died in my place. You were buried and you rose again. You are alive. And I declare it is so in the mighty name of Jesus. If you prayed that prayer, let us know in the YouTube chat box. Also, type in 41411 in your phone and type in the message box, follow Christ. Type that in if you made that decision tonight. Let somebody know if you did on chat. Say, I made a decision to follow Christ. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give a shout of praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah. Come on, give a shout of praise on you too. If you are thankful for the blood of Jesus, come on. Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. We thank you for the blood tonight. We thank you that the blood changes. We thank you that the blood delivers. We thank you that the blood heals. We thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus. Yes. Ooh. Ooh, I just declare freedom to minds tonight. Oh, I declare freedom to every mind tonight. Oh, every thought pattern that's not of God. Break it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> Woo. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. Now, this time, we're going to get ready to give to the Lord before we, we go on and leave out. Thank you all for your support, for those who have already been giving. You have an opportunity, if you have not given, you can give, and if you want to give again, you have an opportunity to give three ways. You can give online, trychristiancenter.org. Uh, you can also click on online giving, and then you can also give by way of text to give at 336-203-0708. And then lastly, you can give by way of mailing in your offering here to 4321 Barrel Road. Thank you all for your support, and may God bless you. Listen. Tuesday night. We'll join again at 7 p.m. We're going to continue this series, amen, on boot camp, amen, and I declare we're being trained, amen. We're putting God's favor. We're asking him for favor in the fight. We're not going to fight without favor, amen. God bless you. May he keep you and protect you. Congratulations to all the graduates. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Movement Podcast. We pray that this word has richly blessed your life. If it has, we ask that you share it with others, especially during such a time as this. As always, we'd love to connect with you. Visit us on Twitter and Instagram at Triad Christian, Facebook, Triad Christian Center, or visit our website, triadchristiancenter.org, where we are streaming live Sundays at 11 a.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Until next week, be blessed.